Founders, welcome back to the Zero to 5,000 podcast, where we obsess over the convergence of human potential and business results. Today, our hosts, Drew McClure and Jordan Mitchell, have another insightful conversation for you. So let's jump right in. Okay, founders, welcome back to the podcast. Today, I'm sitting down with the co-founder and CEO of Simple Box Containers, Ross Black. Simple Box had humble beginnings as Ross created it as a senior project in high school and expanded with its popularity. Ross always made sure to give back to the world as his company does philanthropic work locally, nationally, and globally. From his senior project to the Inc. 5000 list, there is no doubt about the success of this company. Simple Box Containers is growing like crazy. So Ross, my friend, let's get to it. Thank you for being here. Yeah, thank you. It's now, did we here. get that right? Did this did this actually start off as a senior project? It did, yeah. <laughs> Tell me about that. How how in the oh, world? That's, this is the first time in over 100 interviews that, that yeah. the idea came all the way back from a senior thesis or, or project. Yeah, my dad, um, he's my dad and I still work together, and he's he likes to tell people, you know, 20 some years later that he's still trying to help me finish my senior class project. <laughs> so I was not a good student at all. Like, um, always waited to the last minute and and I hated being there and I just I wanted to work I wanted to like have something to kind of show for myself I think um beyond a you know a, a two-page paper on psychology or something like that and so so we were given um uh just an assignment at the start of senior years saying um hey you've got to you've got to do some sort of project that's going to require this much time out of outside of class and you're gonna have to write a paper and um and it's supposed to be this culmination to show all that you've learned in in the school system and to show that you can make it on your own you know and and um so i just heard the <laughs> heard the teacher say something about like you've got to spend time out of class and so i just like clarified hey, how much time are we spending out of class and she says you can spend as much time as you need to out of class as long as you're working on the project no so way. I just so I just took that as like okay I'm um I'm gonna do the biggest thing I can possibly do which was to um to start a business my parents had um uh they had a a a commercial property that had a little bit of space um in the background kind of like a warehouse space that just wasn't being used and I'd always been just kind of like thinking of ideas of ways to convert that into something kind of cool, you know, and, and, um, and so that's where the idea came from, I guess, was to. Well, so are, were your parents business owners or entrepreneurs? Yeah. yeah. So my parents, um, my parents are high school dropouts. That's probably why they felt so bad trying to help me <laughs> like get through high school. Like it was a big deal to graduate yeah. high school. Right. Um, and they, um, yeah, both of them didn't, didn't carry on through their junior year. And, um, and, then uh, my dad had been a, a logger um, uh, uh, and it was quite dangerous. He had a couple of really close calls. And so they-, they Canada wanted, or the Pacific yeah, Northwest Canada, or something? Yeah, yeah in uh, British Columbia. Okay. And so had a couple of close calls and just wanted to get out of um, such a, a kind of dangerous profession. And, and so they saved up their money and, and bought into a franchise, a, like a kind of a coffee shop type franchise. And so um, that was when I was- uh, about 10 years old. And, hmm. um, and so I grew up just, um, that they, they started the franchise and said like, okay, how are we going to do this? Um, we're going to have to like homeschool or something like that, bring the kids to work. And, and, uh, we lived in a pretty rough area. And so, and, and so they were like, Hey, we're going to bring the kids to work with us and set them up in the corner. They can learn 
you know, work through their books and stuff like that while we start this little coffee shop. And that lasted like about a day and a half before my dad had me <laughs> back in the kitchen, like, Hey, figure out how to divide this recipe. And, and then we're counting the money at the end of the day. It was, um, that was kind of my, my homeschool education yeah. in the business. Yeah. How do you, you know, the, the connection seems obvious, but I don't want to miss any nuance. How do you feel like that impacted your professional desires and, and trajectory? Yeah. Uh, in a pretty significant way, I think, um, I mean, it seemed just normal at the time. Um, the, the time spent with my dad was, was incredible. Um, my dad, some, um, somebody told him and he repeated it often. He said, um, a child's help is little and he that rejects it is a fool. And, mm. um, and so he just, uh, he didn't have a great relationship with his dad and he just, and he knew he was working for, for a better life for us, but, um, but he didn't want to do it without us, you know? And so, um, so he, he just, he always would find work projects for me to do. He always would work with me. He, he taught me how to sweep the sidewalk. He just, I just remember him like really kind of driving it into me. Like you got to learn how to sweep really, really well as mm. a 10 year old, basically. If I can teach you how to sweep and how to clean a toilet, you'll, you'll always be able to provide for your family. Like there will never be a time that you can't provide for your family with those two basic skills, you know? And, um, and then it grew into like, Hey, if I can teach you how to count money properly, handle it, right. Get it deposited. Right. Um, you, you know, you're going to be wow. able to be responsible for, for quite a bit. That's as like a 10, 11, 12 year old. And yeah. And yeah. As did, a you, did you remember old. those lessons later or did I'm, I'm always curious at what lands cause you've got young kids. I've got young yeah. kids. I'm always curious at what lands in the moment versus what lands later. Did any of that land at all in the moment as being like, okay, dad, I see this skill <laughs> I want to learn. Or at the time where you're like, whatever, I'm just sweeping. In the moment, he did a really good job, I think, of giving short-term rewards. Like the reward, we, uh, there was, uh, this was um, kind of early 90s. And, um, and there was, a, we didn't all have, video games at home or anything like that, or for sure, not any kind of handheld devices, you know? And sure. so in the, uh, um, little shop right next door to us, they had a, um, a, an arcade game called, um, outrun. It was a, it was like a car racing game and I just thought it was huh. the coolest thing. And so he would pay me always, he would pay me for a job well done. And then he would always give me two quarters. Hey, let's go play outrun together. And we would race each other on this game, you know, three minute little short-term reward, but, um, but that, that probably was what I was working towards more than anything at the time was just this, the time, you know, a, a fun moment with my dad that we can do as soon as we get our work done. Well, so. Wow. Yeah. Beautiful, man. Yeah. Uh, fortunate, fortunate to have a father absolutely. like you. Yeah, absolutely. So let's fast forward to senior year. Where did the idea for this specifically? So you mentioned why you, why, why you logically wanted to create a big yeah. project, right? But what did, how did this become a problem that you saw a solution for? I mean, I guess I was probably paying attention to my parents too and seeing that they stayed in food service. And um, it's, I mean, it's, it's a challenge. They, I just would see them morning till evening, like working really, really hard to make a nickel off of each person that would buy a cup of coffee and hope that they come back tomorrow for more, mm. you know, mm. like uh, it's, it's a challenge. And so I think I saw the stress that they went through and just, the, and just, um, I mean, there's something beautiful about providing hospitality and, and, um, it's, and it's a different kind of pace of work and, and things like that. And you can, you can stop and enjoy a cup of coffee with your customers too, which is pretty cool. But, um, but I, I just thought, man, how could I, how could I have a business where people would pay me maybe 
once a month or even once a year. And it was some sort of kind of recurring revenue. Recurring. And, yeah. And so one of the, one of our customers um, at, by this time, my parents had a restaurant and one of, one of the customers, he would always roll in, in a Mercedes, super tanned, like ridiculously dark tanned, you know, and you're like, okay, you spent a lot of time just enjoying <laughs> life. Right. And, um, and he was always golfing and he, I think he was on his like eighth wife or something like that, you know, like just, he was just, just pursuing this, um, this, uh, just chasing after his own dreams or whatever. But I remember just trying to, trying to figure out, okay, what is, what have you done for a career? And he was like, Oh, mini storage. And I don't think I even knew what mini storage was, but he, but he, he said like, Oh, people always have stuff and you, you just provide a place for them to store it. And, um, and they pay you for it. And it just like kind of light bulb, like, okay, I want to get into the mini storage business. How do you, how do you do that? And that's where I started thinking about this warehouse space and, and then uh, portable storage from there, just realizing we could actually deliver storage right to a customer instead of having them bring it to us. So, is that what the business is? Yeah, yeah. So um, walk me through that. Yeah. So we uh, we take a, a a twenty foot portable storage container, deliver it to someone's home um, or a job site. Uh, uh, at home, they'll uh, they'll load it up, take their time um, loading it up, and and then when they're ready for it to be moved to their new place or back to our yard for temporary storage. And we just come pick it up and, and uh, store oh, it there. So, yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's just super convenient. Yeah. We did this a few years ago yeah. uh, with a different company. I won't say yeah. their name because I want to give you the business. Oh, but- no. Yeah. We, uh, it's, uh, there's, there's a, uh, a few for sure that are just excellent. And there's, um, Pause is the one that everyone um, seems to know. Of. Yeah. They just do such a great job marketing for us kind of nationally, even though we're regional. And, and um, it just makes sense. Like it's just, uh, uh, you, you're not waiting in line to rent a, a moving truck. You're um, you're not cramming it all into like one crazy night or one crazy yeah. weekend. And and so you take your time, and it just it just like kind of releases so much uh, stress and anxiety out of the moving process. So. Yeah, it really yeah. does. So we did it the last move we had from from our old house to this house we're in now yeah. for the last five years, and it was so nice to take your time. Yeah. And it was weather protected and all that yeah. kind of stuff. And then same thing. Once we got here, we were able to take our time and slowly go out there and grab stuff and bring it in. And yeah. I was like, I'm, 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 this is the way I'm always going to do it's it. It's really nice. Yeah. It just, I mean, you're, you're kind of caught up in rushing to, you know, to get the place and to get the financing, get the things closing and um, everything else is just like, hurry, hurry, hurry. And it's hard on your family. It's hard on your stuff. And so when you can just like slow down, like there's no, there's no rush. And, um, and you're, you can work on it as a team and you can, you can choose the day you actually want to move instead of, um, instead of like, okay, if we get the keys this day, then you yep. run to, you know, get the, the temporary truck rental and you run to the mini storage. And so it's, it's, I think it's a pretty cool, um, offering for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So back to the, the story part of it, did you go straight out of high school and basically start building this business or was there a hiatus between, the idea and how you, you know, spent full-time building it. Yeah. So I always, um, always had a job, um, usually just working with my family, dishwashing and, and, uh, just (laughs) kind of in the janitor type, um, mode, you know, but, but just that consistency, I was able to save up some money and, and, uh, my dream car was a 1968 Ford Mustang fastback. And so I bought that right. Turned 16, uh, found the perfect one, bought it and, and just loved that thing for about a year and a half, um, and kept, you know, 
so pay cash for that and then kept saving up some money for you know all the all the things that you want to do as a 17 year old like yeah you got this beautiful car and then you want to put like booming bass in <laughs> it's like everything's rattling away you know but yeah. um but uh and just just uh, always had a bit of money saved up and and but not enough to build any kind of a business um, my dad had had me do um, bank presentations with him to, for like a loan request um oh, quite a few times for, uh, when i was 13 he totally put me on the spot one time and and um he we had worked together on the presentation and said like hey why don't you come and we can do this presentation together and then we sit down he must have prepped the bankers in advance you know but we sit down at a at a restaurant and he says oh i gotta i gotta run ross you take this and just walk through like we did you know and i didn't i never even knew that i could have been like no i'm not doing that you know so i just <laughs> i walked through the presentation and and uh, i think at the time it was for like a line of credit maybe a hundred thousand dollars or something like that but but this is as a 13 year old, like uh, at 13. Yeah. And he, oh. he would kind of put me on the spot, but he kind of, but he would prepare me for it too, you know? So no, it's um, amazing. I'm, yeah. I'm in awe in a positive way. Yeah. Yeah. It was cool. So, wow. So, um, so as a 17 year old though, I was, um, had this opportunity like, Hey, for senior class, you can use as much time out of school as you want. And, but I knew it would require some money and I figured it was probably going to cost about $50,000 and, um, uh, I maybe had $3,000 in at, at the time, which was a ton for a 17 year old kid, you know, but, and my yeah. parents didn't have anything extra to, to give it all. Um, but so I did a couple bank presentations, got, got, got turned down on, on every one of them. Um, most of them being the fact that I'm only 17, I like, I can't even sign for myself. Until right. 18, right. <laughs> but, um, but I did have one, uh, one banker, um, he noticed the car that I drove up in and, and he really challenged me to think about not doing the whole project at once, but just scaling it. And so he, he actually, he didn't just reject it right away. And he just, he actually looked at the plans, listened to my whole presentation, what I was um, going for. And he was like, Hey, what if you, what if you just drew a line right down the middle of this, how much would it cost for you just to build this part and then draw a line in half? How much would it cost for you to build that part. And he, wow. he, he taught me how to stage the business and, and to um, not necessarily jump all the way in. And so we're sitting in his office and figuring out, okay, yeah, we could probably do this for about, uh, I think it was $15,000 for that first part. And he's like, okay. And so what are you going to do for the 15 grand? I was like, well, I was hoping that you might loan it to me. And he says, Hey, I can't, I can't loan you that money, but how much is your car worth? And I think it was maybe eight or nine grand that I could get for the car. And he said, Hey, if you will sell your car and put a hundred percent of those funds into it, as soon as you turn 18, I'll match whatever you get for your, for your car. I'll do a loan for that. And so in the end, we ended up coming up with 20 grand, 10, 10 for the car and 10 that he matched. No way. Yeah. And we Did he match it to, personally or through the bank? Uh, through the bank. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. Right. When I turned 18, I got that loan. Wow. And, um, and, uh, so it was hard to say goodbye to the car. Right. But, um, but, uh, but it was pretty cool. And I mean, I was all in, I think he wanted to see, was I actually committed to it or was I just going to take some crazy loan? And, wow. And he also probably wants some collateral that. Yeah, they, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I know. <laughs> 50% down payment, right? I know. So yeah. 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 And so that's what, so, uh, that got me started then quickly. I mean, it, uh, built that mini storage, got it, uh, got it filled up, not a huge space or anything like that, but, but I was, I could see it. I could, I could see how it would work. I could see how I could build in stages. And so then we quickly filled that up and then, um, and then started looking at other buildings, but, 
that you go from you know using space in the back of your parents building to looking at a million dollar you know um, existing commercial building or piece mm. of property or whatever and as a 20 year old at that time they're just i just couldn't i couldn't see where um where i would like personally i couldn't come up with the cash um my family didn't have any more resources to put into it because they were working on their own business and and so then that's where we led it went into the portable storage because there again you could you could grow up one unit at a time if you wanted to you know and um and and so from there it just took off so, okay so yeah. at first it was like you were housing yeah. the storage but then you got to the iteration or the pivot of we actually never house it it just goes from one location to yeah, another totally yeah yeah wow and so that's at smart. first we thought at first we thought like oh shoot we'll just use some portable storage until we can get up enough money to buy a regular building and do this the regular way, you know? And, um, and I mean, within the first hour of the first containers coming, it was like, Oh, this, this might actually be kind of more fun than working with a regular building, you know? And, and, um, at that point we didn't, we didn't move anyone. We just would provide storage at your space. And, um, and we had a, a, a neighbor lady from down the street um, had used a, a container uh, during a, a renovation and uh, the piano didn't, didn't go, didn't fit in her new uh, living room. And so she was selling it to someone on the other side of town or whatever. And she's like, can I just leave the piano in there and you just drive by their house and they'll unload it. And we're like, no, that's not, I, we can't do that. She's like, of course you can do that. <laughs> it's like, no, I don't, we just deliver the containers were there. And she's like, that's what containers are for. They're for moving things. You know, like I just used it here, but you, you can move it wherever you want to. And so we're like, okay, hey, we'll do it for you, but don't tell anyone else. Cause we, that we don't want to be messing around with this. And, and right away, the person that we delivered the, the piano to was like, Hey, I'm going to call I'm going to tell my friends that they need to use you the next time they move. And so, it wow. just so yeah. When you look back at those early years, what were the biggest lessons that emerged for you as an entrepreneur and a business owner? Um, I mean, definitely breaking things down into more actionable, doable um, things, still dreaming, like having big goals, uh, but, but just seeing, okay, what can we actually do right now or this year or this quarter even? And, um, and what resources do we have? Like uh, we might not have enough to do the whole great big um uh, enterprise right now, but, but we do have something, I mean, um, you got relationships, you got, you got a little bit of money in the bank or you've got time, um, you got some talents and, and how could we apply those to, to even the first stage of the business? Um, yeah. that stands out to me. I do look back with a lot of regret, I think on those early years, because what was driving me was not, um, I mean, it was a lot of selfish ambition. I think that was, that was, um, motivating me. I just wanted, I wanted money. I wanted, I wanted, um, I don't know, some, some kind of freedom or some kind of yeah, some sure. level of success or whatever. And it was, a it was definitely a motivator. It probably, it wasn't the best motivator and it sure is fleeting, you know? So it, sure. uh, it, it wouldn't well, last. nothing wrong with it. It's just incomplete. Yeah, that's right. It's like, it's not deep enough, right? Yeah. It's not a, it's not a soul satisfying enough ultimate Absolutely. reason or what, yeah. you know, Simon Sinek's talking about starting with why. Yeah. It's like you hadn't really answered that why yet, but you were also 18 freaking years yeah, old. Yeah, totally. You know? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what, what lessons could you learn when you look back on, or maybe we don't have to phrase it in lessons, but what was the key to scale in the, in the early years? Uh, 
for sure having, I mean, my dad and, and this banker, um, like two relationships, people that, that believe in you, that encourage you, even though it is pretty crazy, like the idea, um, wouldn't make sense to a lot of people, but it made sense to them and they could see it just as clearly as I could. And so, um, so having, you don't need a ton of people necessarily in your corner, but you just, you have to have one at least, right. And a few of the right yeah, people. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Big. Um, so I think that's pretty, pretty crucial that you're not going completely on your own. And I guess that's leadership too. Like, um, like, yes, a leader has got to be out in front or see maybe what the others can't see, but you got to have some people with you too. Right? Yeah. Or you're not, you're not leading. How long, how long until the business was profitable? You know, I'm assuming you're even taking that profit and probably reinvesting into the business a good bit, but, uh, how quickly until that business model was actually pretty profitable for you? Oh, I'd say, um, be, by staging it. And I mean, profitable as, as in like making a hundred dollars in a, in a month or whatever, um, it would have been, uh, it would have been within the first year and cool. everything that we've done since then has been, we've never really qualified for like a great big loan from the bank. I don't know why I kept on going for doing bank presentations. Like I've, I've probably gotten rejected. Oh man, maybe a hundred times, you know, like a, a, um, a applying for something that's big. I'm, I'm slow to learn that I think, you know, but, um, but we really have had to reinvest, um, over the years. Now we're like 23 years into it. Right. But, um, but, but we have had to reinvest quite a bit and yeah. run in a, in a profitable way for sure. Well, you're not alone from reading shoe dog, you know, the, oh, yeah. yeah. Bill Knight, he, his biggest bane was the banks. Yeah. For what, you know, the, the way he saw the business versus the way they saw the business and him going, look at how much I'm growing every year. And they're going, look how little you're leaving in the bank. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And for, for a variety of interests, the bank was never a huge ally for him. So, yeah. um, I know. And I used to, I used to resent it so much. And, um, I, something has changed in me maybe in the last like three or four years where I'm, I'm so grateful that we didn't quite, I mean, I've asked for a million dollars over and over and over again and never got it. I always got something right. But never got what I thought would, you know, if we can get a million dollar loan, that'll be just this game changer. There's been so many times if I would have gotten that, I probably would have, I would have spent at least 50% of it in the wrong way or in, not in the best way. Yeah. And, um, and so I know that they weren't, they, they shot us down because of, of, you know, our P and L, our balance sheet and things like that. And um, I know that they weren't saying like, we're doing this because in the best interest of you, you know, but, um, but looking back, I, I can see where it, it has made us, it's, it's forced us to be like pretty hungry and, and um, scrappy and, and wise. Um, yeah. Smart with re- every dollar. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And in That's recent years, hear. we finally, it's finally clicked where it's like, okay, we're, um, we're going to operate from a different perspective, we use profit first accounting and, and, uh, and that has, that has changed quite a bit where we, where it's like, okay, we're going to start setting aside actual profit. We're going to have a war chest. We're going to have money set aside for tax before we even get into our operating expense. And, and so now we're in a spot. I've where recently we, heard about that model. Yeah. Can you tell me a little bit more and, and in comparison to how maybe you were doing it before, like yeah, kind of conceptually makes sense to me, but it also, doesn't so i know so like dave ramsey's um financial piece basically he's got all these it's like the envelope system like right. where you just where you, you put a 100 bucks into that envelope that's our fun money envelope and you and and you spend it and then it's gone right and uh, profit first basically does that in advance you like you you 
uh, you budget, you plan for how, how much are we planning on coming in this month? It was a hundred thousand dollars. Okay. So 10,000 of that right away is going in, into savings. The first 10,000 that comes in is going to savings. And then, and then, uh, how much, how much for your war chest to, um, to add more inventory or, or to prepare for something kind of uh, strategic Yeah, oh, 10 grand for that. So you're, you're, you're living really, really tight. Those first you know, days or weeks of the month, even, um, because you are, um, you're, you're, you're kind of telling your money where to go. And then, um, and then you're just living on a budget. Um, but you, you've got these accounts set up in a different bank. Um, they're not, they're not mingled in with your operating, um, expense or anything like that. And so is the big um, idea that you are safeguarding yourself from making maybe a little too, um, loose of yeah. spending on expenses on operating expenses. And then you're left with very little left over for the yeah. things like that. And so instead, because we, yeah, we always would, we would do that same uh, scenario where it's like, how much are we going to make this month? Oh, we're probably going to make a hundred grand. Awesome. Okay. Let's buy this. Let's buy that. Let's buy that in advance. And I mean, you basically just have the the wisdom and the, and the um, patience or the self-control to say, okay, we're not going to buy any of that stuff until this month is done. And then yeah. at the end of the, the, the month, did that 10, 10 grand stick. Great. Now I'll go ahead and spend it, you know? Cool. Um, so, so, uh, it's been a, it's been a real game changer for us though, because, um, because then when you, at, you get to the end of the month and you see that money set aside in savings, a completely separate account that you don't have easy online access to, you're not transferring it over, borrowing from it. And it's like, man, it feels kind of good to have 10 grand set aside. What yeah. would happen if we did that again? Like, and let it, let's let it ride, you know? And, and, um, and so it just changes your, your uh, mindset, I'd say. And, and I never lived that way. We always were, always had a big clear vision dream. I, I could see where we're headed. And so I would start spending as if we were already headed that way. So, mm, yeah. Gotcha. Makes total sense. One thing I'm curious about your business is it's on that fringe of people aren't doing it this way. They're not yeah. doing it like that. Right. And so there's got to be a huge kind of education element to informing the population this is even an option when you're let's say moving homes yeah. and choosing you and all that kind of stuff it sounds like the early years a lot of word of mouth was enough to grow the business incrementally did that continue to be the only way people found out about you or did you guys find some ways to to kind of educate the market on this op on this opportunity and start to drive customers to you it's i would say it continues to be um word of mouth um uh i mean search and and uh um, AdWords, we've, we've got into where we would just like, you know, pay for ads and, and things like that. Not, um, it's like a drug, right? Like you, you, at first it's like, oh, wow, we can spend a couple hundred bucks on this and we get a, you know, a few leads or, or 20 leads or something like that. I wonder what happened if we, if we 10 times that, you know, and, yeah. and but, and you just kind of get addicted to it. Um, we did actually have on my desk, not a, not a, uh, um, sales pitch or anything like that, but came across this, um, they ask you answer concept. It's, um, it's from a, uh, the guy that wrote it, they, he had a pool business pools and, uh, above ground or in ground pools or something like that. Okay. And, um, and just from the, the um, they, they went through, um, great recession and nobody wants to spend money on a pool at that time. And so, so they just kind of had this mindset of, okay, how can we just serve our customers and maybe, continue to, to, um, 
to run a business by just explaining the differences or, or just answering everyone's questions. And so the book is called They Ask You Answer. And we've mm. we've really, it fits with our kind of um, mindset of just being here to serve and and, um, and being able to answer their questions. There's no stupid questions. And, and sometimes it, with those questions that they ask, it might really point us in the right direction for future growth. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you're so definitely getting a, valuable feedback. You're, you're giving a great customer experience, but you're also getting valuable feedback about where maybe you could have some new offerings at some yeah. point if enough people are asking the same thing, right? For sure. For sure. Interesting. So what's the size, what's the size of the company now? Like what does the infrastructure look like? Team of 50 people? Is it like one location? Do you guys, uh, I'm curious how this business kind of looks currently. Yeah. Yeah, it's a pretty simple operation. Um, we got 26 team members and okay. um, we've got seven locations. Um, the um, So you kind of do the math. It's like, oh, that's like three or four people at a, at a location and a couple kind of in a corporate office. Yeah. Um, but we're, so we're pretty distributed. Um, there is no head office or anything like that. We've, um, uh, each team member's just working from, um, um, because we do deliveries, you want to get as close to the customer as possible. And, and so each of our locations is, is just a couple hours apart from each other so that we're not wasting a bunch of time trucking, you know, too far away or, or, um, um, we're not tripping over each other at the same time. So, so each um, of those locations are, are like a little hub yeah. that could service a certain area to go out, bring the stuff, take it yeah. to somewhere else. For sure. So we're in Washington, Oregon, and our newest locations in Phoenix, Arizona. And then we're just working on, on kind of filling in the gaps between those, those locations. So. And why start there? Is that just because you were from that area or no. is there something strategic about it or what? <laughs> oh, barely strategic, except for um, uh, my, uh, one of our, just long-term uh, um, drivers is my brother-in-law and um, and he had been talking about like wanting to move to a new place. And we always just told him like, well, Hey, wherever you go, we, I mean, we just will support you in that. We hate to see you leave, but we'll support you in that. And then um, I thought, I thought that I had said it, or I thought that, that they were maybe looking at maybe going to Idaho, which was just the very next place that we would go next, you know? And, and so I just told him like, Hey, if you guys, I mean, if you want to move to Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, it's beautiful, right? Um, we'll, we'll set up a location there and you can just keep working from there and just no pressure on the on the job side of things. And um, they took a trip to Phoenix and just absolutely fell in love with it. And so th there was just this kind of quick, while they're in Phoenix, just this quick phone call like, okay, we're here and we love it. Do you, would you want to do Simple Box here? And we, I mean, it's in our long-term goals. It just wasn't the very next thing, you know, and, um, and, uh, but we, we love them and, and, um, it was the right time for sure to, um, for us to kind of make a, a, a leap like that. And, yeah. and so, um, when you got people in place already and, and it's a growing, thriving, um, uh, city and, and, um, we got a service that can meet the people's needs there, then it just kind of was a no brainer to get started there. So, Cool. So that's, so not super, super strategic. Um, and we probably kind of leapfrogged a little bit of what, what we would have done, but, um, but it's really turning out quite well. So. Well, it's that who, not how idea. Yeah, exactly. Right? Dude. It's like, Which you is know the such who. a good concept. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me why you like that concept. I like it as well, but. Oh my goodness. For me as a leader, I've been, I have been the, um, how for like, I've been the bottleneck for our company for, probably 21 and a half years. Um, 
because it's like, hey, we need to figure out how to do an ad campaign. Oh, I can learn how to do an ad campaign. We need to figure out how to <laughs> how to you know improve our delivery system. Well, I'd love to. I'm curious about that. I think I could do that. You know, and it's yeah. I've been the I've been this like amateur at all of this stuff, and it's what kind of got us started was was me having an attitude like. Okay, I'll learn it. I'll figure out how to do it on my own. I'll figure out how to maybe teach other team members to do it. But I, but it's all been just, it's become this big list of things for me to do. And I've been the, I've been the limit on our growth. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. So, so that concept, did that come around at the right time and start to help you get un, unkinked the business? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, about, yeah, about a year and a half ago, I, I first heard it and, um, this is like just entering COVID time. Um, my little girl's got special needs and, and uh, we had dreamed and hoped that we might be able to get her to Florida, which is the complete opposite place of where we live and work, right? But we just dreamed about this opportunity to get her in Florida. She's on a multi-year wait list for this, um, for this surgery that would enable her to be able to walk. And um, COVID hits, shuts the, um, the surgery center down. And then all of a sudden they open the surgery center back up. Everyone had been canceled. And so she, we get a phone call like, Hey, we're just starting back up again. So she goes from the end of a list to the beginning of a list. And, um, if you can get here, then Whoa. let's get her in. And it just, I mean, so instantly we're like, wow, can I, can we move across the country? Can I run the business from a completely different state? Can we, can, can we afford this? Like all these questions and we got about a week to figure it out. Right. And, and so instantly I don't want to be the one having to, to like run the, the marketing campaign and figure out insurance for the vehicles and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, so the timing of it was, was perfect. And, and she got the surgery. She's, she's been able to walk and, and it's, 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 she's a miracle. And, and, uh, just the process has been, been amazing. So, yeah. Oh man, that's inspiring on the, on the practical side, help me flesh out as an example, like use an example of somewhere after understanding kind of the idea of who, not how, right. From what I've taken from that, the main concept is we're often thinking, how can I do more instead of, well, no, who could help me do more, right. I could multiply by finding the right people who know the right, can do the right things. Um, what was something as an example, after reading that you're like, well, then this, I would do this differently and, and, and have done this differently. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I mean, one of the, Easy things as far as like our team culture even goes, um, I would have been the leader of every meeting. And, um, and we, as a team, we um, we have a morning meeting all, all together. And um, um, it's just been something that's been so valuable for our team just to kind of stay connected, especially through those like kind of um, crazy times last year. And, and um, but it would have been my meeting and everyone's listening to me and, um, and if I was on the road or, or whatever, then I would be kind of scrambling. Okay. How can I get stopped? How can I get prepared for this? And, and, um, uh, so changing that to be like, well, there's a bunch of people on our team that can, that can lead this meeting and, and they're probably actually better at leading it than me. And, um, and I can just try to set a good example. I can try to, um, remove some barriers that would stop them from leading a great meeting. Um, and then I can also just try to like, make it clear, like, here's why we meet here's, um, here's what I'm hoping will happen, um, as a result of this meeting. And, um, and also want you to make it your own and I want to learn from you. Right. And just be a participant in it. And so that's like one little thing on our, um, that's a great example day to day side of things. Um, on, 
yeah, when it comes to, I mean, I keep going to the uh, marketing side, finance is another area where it's like, I get the numbers. I just, I don't know how to get to the numbers or make the numbers show up once they're, once they're all, um, you know, I, I love looking at doing, doing a, a budget review or looking at the PL and, and the balance sheet and just kind of getting a sense for it without any emotion, what do these numbers mean for us or what decisions should we make from it? But, but I would be, um, such a fool to, to be the one to, um, try to, try to like enter everything into the budget and figure out the ratios and stuff like that. And, and, um, so we've got just an excellent, um, head of finance that it's her sweet spot to do that. And, cool. and she does it so fast and, and so well. And, um, and then we have a really good discussion about what the numbers mean instead of me just being exhausted by, by kind of working in my area of weakness. So, yeah. So now that you're starting to, to free yourself up some, right. What, how does it change your vision of the future, both in terms of your role and of what this company could be? Yeah. Um, we, um, uh, we've always, we've always been set up to franchise. Well, not always, but in the last 10 years set up to franchise and we've, and we had one, some good friends of ours that just took us up on it. Like, yeah, let's, um, let's, let's have one franchise location of our own. Um, and they've done really well. Um, but we have not, I don't feel like we, I mean, we just have a one, <laughs> we didn't really support them in incredible ways or, or, um, or kind of launch them so that they can, um, that they can, um, achieve even beyond their goals. Like they've hit their goals, but I think we could have even made it easier and, and, uh, faster and, and more enjoyable for them. And so, um, in the, definitely in the last year, we've just realized that, okay, if, as far as growing, we've kind of penetrated into Phoenix, Arizona. Um, we, we really um, could could grow to fill in the gaps um, through franchise and and um, through kind of adding some of our own locations, but also um, partnering with others. And that's something that I I couldn't do if I'm in the weeds in one location um, and just be in the limiter on the growth. But if I'm if I'm um, kind of working at a, a a better level or maybe a higher level, I can really support a lot more people to kind of pursue their dreams and and use the system and the model that we've got. So, Yeah. Yeah. We're working with a company right now uh, that she has, I think 39 franchise locations yeah. and her biggest issue is some of the things that she put in place to allow her to be able to do that fell apart, like okay. wrong, basically, basically wrong hires. Yeah. And it sucked her back into the business and she quickly really, we helped her quickly realize like you, you literally can't Yeah. like, to try to manage all those franchise relationships, plus your internal staff, plus financing, yeah. plus whatever, like it's impossible. Right. Yeah. And so you're already thinking right ahead of time saying like, man, I've got to free up day to day, you know, capability for myself so that I could even form those relationships yeah. and lead the business at a bigger level than just the day to day operations. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's something that I just have, learn again, like late in life, but, um, but, um, I'm talking like I'm 80 years old, but, <laughs> but just uh, recently this idea of priority, um, you used to always have a, a list of priorities and then it's like you add, it's like, well, we gotta get, um, we gotta, you know, imp improve this um, part of the business, add that to the priorities list. And then I gotta get physically healthy, add that to the priority. And it's just this giant to-do list when right. I don't think that priorities was even an actual word, like a plural word. It used yeah. to just be priority. Like you just had one thing, like my one area where I, where I 
focus. And, and I think that's what I'm learning is, um, is to try to not divide my focus and my time and my energy, but just to choose like even one thing for the week. This is my, I'm not even going to do anything else until I've got that, that nailed. Um, and, uh, have and you read, my, go for have it. Have you read the one thing by Gary Keller? Yeah, I just recently did actually. I listened to an audiobook as we were driving across the country and it was yeah. excellent. Yeah, absolutely. That, that was like the gate that was probably like the gateway for me learning to think more in that line. Yeah. That, that my biggest takeaway from that, there was a bunch of them, but, but yeah. my biggest takeaway was having the aha that not all things were created equal in terms yeah. of issue or urgency or need of resources. And that I needed to start being more judicious and like, this is actually the one thing yeah. that if I focus on this would make everything else either, easier or not even uh, relevant yeah right? absolutely and man and it worked well we ended up adopting a system called eos which i'm not <laughs> sure if you're we're, dude we're just working through it right now yeah okay it's so yeah absolutely we, we did both so we our company does you know we do implementations for other people but then we okay. run our, our company on it as well and it's a similar model so they give you a little more leeway yeah. where you can have three to five yeah rocks, rocks yeah yeah is what they would call them and it's just getting good. Like it really is getting good at treating them like they're supposed to be treated. Cause yeah. then you'll, then you run to an issue that a lot of people have, which is they name the rocks, but they still don't use, they still don't put any priority to them. Yeah. You know, Absolutely. it's like, well, they're on paper. Those are our, our big rocks. It's like, yeah, but you didn't actually functionally change any of your, the way you spent your time or yeah. prioritizing those things. But once you start to do that, it really does, man, it gives them intense focus. Yeah. And you start to get some really good results. You know, you get, you take 10,000 steps in one direction instead of one yeah. step in 10,000 directions. Absolutely, right? man. Yeah. Um, I love that idea of just like for three months for this next quarter, I'm going to, I'm not saying it's like no for now, not forever. Exactly. I'm going to just, I'm just going to say yes to this one thing or these three things. That's, that's all I'm focused on. And the sooner I get those things done, I can come back to these other things. It's not, um, it's, it's not that, they're not important. It's not that I don't care or anything like that. It's just that we've, we've all agreed. These three things are, are the big rocks that got to get dealt with them. And, and, um, yeah, and like you say, like it's, it becomes this domino. I get that thing done. It just clears the way for everyone else or for the, for the things that follow. So, yeah, the hard part for us is I'll speak for me. I lose, I, I struggle losing sight of them and my team has done a good job of keeping them in front of me more. Yeah. Uh, but it's like, we forget, like we forget that we all agreed that was the priority because as things start to pop up, let's say a month and a half into the quarter or two months into the quarter, you lose sight. You're like, yeah. you started unknowingly shifting your time and uh, focus to something else. And my co-founder is really good at bringing us back. He, he, awesome. He's like, hold on. We said this was most important and we haven't finished this yet. Yeah. And so he'll, he'll actually make us like, you either have to defend why that is more important than these rocks. And then we have to bump one of those rocks off. Yeah. So we've literally got to take one of them off our radar altogether, or that thing needs to get in the bottom of the line and we can discuss it when we get to our next quarterly planning. And it takes a personality like that. Like it yeah. takes someone who's like, I'm bought into this system. Yeah. And so this is how we're going to run it. Whereas I'm a little more loosey goosey and I'm like, well, I mean, we could probably get away with it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Yeah. Not, what's it, what's adding one more month to the quarter or whatever. Right. But yeah. yeah. Well, you come back to who, not how, like you need, you need people in your life that love you enough to tell you the truth about, Hey, you've, <laughs> you said this and you're doing that. That's um, you're not, 
not integrity in in that yeah. um, area, right? Yeah. Um, or or you you had us all excited about this, but now you don't seem as excited about it. You seem excited about that. What does it take for us to get back on the same page just to finish this thing off? And yeah. it's hard when you are like the only boss, I think, because your team, um, I mean, depending on culture, your team just might not feel comfortable calling you out on that and, um, and um, just reminding you of that. They feel like, well, maybe he had some conversation that I wasn't a part of, right? And so I think it's yeah. important, important um, for, I mean, for me personally, um, at the end of every week, I try to ask a, um, just a, this handful of checking questions just to make sure like have with my direct reports are, um, I mean, I hate to even call them direct reports, but just the team that I work the closest with week in and week out, like, are we on the same page? Is there, is there anything that's come up that seems like a curveball or that, or that where there's like a lack of clarity or, um, and even sometimes just ask, like, have I broken a promise or did I say I was going to do something and I, and I didn't do it yet? Um, because we, yeah, we almost need to ask the question just to give them the opening to, to like speak truthfully like, actually, yeah, I'm, I'm still waiting for something that you said you were going to do a few weeks ago. And it's not that I meant to just completely blow it off. It, I, I just got busy and excited going yeah. after this new thing. Right. So, yeah, totally. Uh, I'll be curious as, as you and I continue to be friends and talk, I'll be curious at, as you get into EOS, if you see the possibility of that integrator role for you guys. Yeah. Right. So the integrator could be somebody that currently exists in your team, or it could be somebody brought in from the outside. But the idea is it creates a connection between the visionary and the day-to-day operations and sales and yeah. marketing and all that kind of stuff. And that's something that can be experimented with. Like, so do you all do like uh, with your team, do you, do you do like virtual integrator or like a fractional integrator or something like that or no okay. no so we do it internally but that's what i'm okay. saying is like you could do both so i'm connected yeah. with i'm connected with some some fractional integrators that we're actually uh introducing to one of our clients right now to see if they could use this person yeah. because no yeah. one in no one inside the team was really up for it yeah and didn't really display the kind of characteristics you're looking for to do that yeah but on our team one, my co-founder is, so I kind of occupy more of the visionary seat. Yeah. He shares it with me, but I occupy a little more of the visionary seat. He occupies a little bit more of the, of the integrator seat. But even recently, one of our team members was like, hey, I think I can help share that burden with you. Awesome. And so we've kind of sectioned off parts of the responsibility that the integrator does and has given that to this guy on our team who really has the personality for it. He's got the brain for it. And that's helped a lot too, where like he runs our L10 meetings on Mondays, yeah. right? And he's following up, making sure that our to-dos got after the after the meeting got sent yeah. out, and that we are sticking Just to our score. accountability and, yeah. and encouragement on that. Yeah, and so absolutely. we empowered him. We we kind of empowered him to to play that that role inside of the the kind of e, the EOS yeah. framework, if that makes That's sense. Cool. That's but then awesome. then our co my co-founder is like the over that in terms of integrating, yeah. right? Like yeah. he's still gonna be checks and balancing for him, making sure he's making good decisions and that kind of stuff. But so that's what I always say is like, you could look internally yeah, and, and actually just shift somebody in a few key places, like run this meeting for me. Hey, will you make sure that you're following up on, on people's rocks and accountability yeah. on the rocks and that kind of stuff. Or if there's no one there, then it, when the, when the money's there or the time is right, you can look for like a fractional integrator kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. That's cool. They're just brilliant, man. Like it's, yeah. if, if you don't have the personality for it, which is me, I don't yeah. have the personality for it. It's a great example of a who, not how. Yeah, absolutely. Just like your finance, like you get a right, you get a CFO in yeah. there or somebody. It's like, 
oh, they're built for this. Yeah, exactly. Man. Yeah. And they're, it's, it, they, I mean, they come alive just like I get excited about this new idea, this new possibility, just to see them just like run an excellent finance meeting and, and, a, and a great discussion where they've got the numbers and they can, and they can kind of uh, run some hypothetical scenarios for us and stuff like that. And, and just to see kind of the enthusiasm welling up in them on that is uh, it's, it's excellent. We recently just ran our whole team through the um, working genius assessment. It's um, uh, okay. Patrick Lencioni um, oh, table yeah. group. Um, such a simple, like 10 minutes to do this assessment. Uh, and we had everyone uh, from from head of finance to uh, delivery driver um, run through it, and it's been it's been so excellent just to see um, these kind of six components of any of any job or any project or any kind of day even, um, just to see two of them that that's where I come alive, and two of them where that's where I start just losing steam, right? And yeah, and just to see that um, among our whole team, it's been. It's been pretty cool for me even just to um, just to recognize like like you're talking about okay who who could be that integrator um, uh, who could who could maybe fill this uh, leadership role or or who who would we want um, involved on uh, planning a new project or something like that and it's it's helped to um, just at a really quick glance just to see like um, who, who that might feel like they're the genius in that and who might feel like that's I'll, I'll help you because I. Cause I, I care about the team and I, and right. I love, but, um, but that is not my sweet spot at all, you know? So. Interesting. And so, uh, I'm asking this just because I've heard of this before, but I've not played with it. Yeah. Did your team feel like the, uh, the assessment and the feedback it gave them was accurate? Like, yeah, that is me or not me or did yeah. that, they have a good so response. Far, to that? Everyone. Yeah. Everyone, uh, said that that's a good representation. Um, and then the, it gives you this really kind of quick, maybe six or seven page, um, uh, pour it out. Kind of, yeah. And, and then from there you can, it says like, Hey, if these numbers don't really reflect you, or if you, um, if you wish you would answer some questions differently or whatever, go ahead and just mark it up and, and make it your own. Um, but so far everyone I've seen has been, has been uh, pretty spot on. So neat. Yeah. I made a note to check that out. That's, yeah, that's awesome. Cool. Yeah. So as you look to the future at this point, what do you foresee being, being the biggest challenge or potential next opportunity, yeah. right? Is it figuring out some stuff? Is there needs internally that you're like, man, once we get this figured out, I think that's really going to help. Or is it more external? Like once we figure out how to franchise or once we figured out how to do, you know, marketing in new areas, where's your mind kind of going when you get up above the business at this point? Yeah. Biggest current challenge is the same one that uh, most of the world is um, facing right now. Just the supply chain is so messed up. And, mm. um, and so it's made it hard to plan goals that require inventory to work with. Um, uh, so that's, that's probably one area where we just are kind of in the weeds right now, just trying to figure out, okay, are we, do we feel confident about what we've got um, for, for um, inventory to be able to serve customers three months from now and six months from now? it's in the process of getting better, but, um, but that's our current like, um, challenge I'd say along with most of America. Um, yeah. Um, the, my biggest fear I think is just, um, as we grow that we grow kind of in a fractured, just not kind of disconnected way. And so, um, so I think that's my goal is that we grow slow enough that we, that we just stay 
close and we and we you know stay true to our our uh, values and stay on mission together and help one another out um yeah and and as we grow to just that i mean i would be so disappointed if um if we grew at the expense of things that matter more than than business growth you know and um, and so i just really want our team to have healthy relationships with their family to um you know not 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 say like hey we we accomplished this goal i got this promotion and my kids hate it that i work here yeah. you know like and, and so um so i think that's that's the thing i'm always watching out for is just that we're 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 just actually true healthy people working together so man i love that all right let's dive into our lightning round questions cuz okay. we're already we're already kind of dipping our toes into those types of waters so number 1 if you could ingrain one message into your entire organization what would it be It's easy because our name is Simple Box, right? So um, keep it simple. Like just kind of simplify as much as possible. Not not too simple, but um, but there probably a lot of what we do is more complicated than it's than is necessary, at least for the customer. And so I think that's the message I would want our whole team. It's like, okay, how can we simplify this? Make this process so much easier and simpler for the customer. Love it. Yeah, I had a I had a sticky note on my wall beyond my computer about two years ago that was. K-I-S-S, keep it simple, <laughs> stupid, you know? And I was like, man, I just, I had, at that time, I just had a knack for complicating stuff yep. that didn't need to be complicated. And I was like, oh, it was a good filter. I hear you, man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right, question number two. What is the single best advice you've ever gotten about growing your business? And also, what was the worst? Uh, worst would always be to go into a lot of debt. Um, um, and there... Um, not picking on anyone, but in the, in the past year, there's been a ton of money floating around. Right. And, and, uh, just because you can, doesn't mean you should necessarily, you know, on, on, yeah. uh, taking, um, yeah, just getting money just to get it, um, without a, without necessarily a, a clear purpose, like to tell it where to go and what to do. So that, that probably would be the, the worst, um, the, uh, the best or what's been the most helpful as hard as it is, 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 um, just looking at our team, it's like, would you hire this person again? Or um, would you want to invite this person over for dinner? Would you want this person um, carrying even more responsibility um, six months from now? And if not, like, why, <laughs> why, are, why are you continuing yeah. to work together right now? And, and um, so often with any kind of kind of decisions as far as our team goes, I think I've been the one that's probably been slowing it down, um, kind of delaying the inevitable and, and um, so running it through that grid a little bit, it's not about their value as a person or, or their skills and, and everything that they bring, but it's like, okay, would you, if, if we carry on in this trajectory, are you going to want to hand them even more responsibility and, and are you going to want to spend even more time with them? And it's just not always a yes. Right. Right. Absolutely. Those are great questions. I'm going to remember those. I like, I like little clarifying questions and litmus test questions of like, Oh, yeah. I haven't thought to ask that it question, helps, but that, yeah. that does make things clear for me, you know? Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Number three, uh, you kind of answered already, so you can either say I already answered that <laughs> or you can uh, add to it or change it if you want. But it's number three is uh, what causes you currently the most stress or worry leading your organization? 
Yeah, one other area, um, because we're getting better, we as a company, we're really trying to be focused on continuous improvement and um, and just like daily make an improvement, the whole team working on that, share it at the team uh, meeting in the morning. If we haven't come up with something at the meeting, let's just talk about a, a current issue we face and deal with it. Um, I'm worried. I'm worried if we if we just stop making improvements. Um, also, just worry about like um, if we ever get to the point where we feel like okay, we made it, we're successful now. You know that we will kind of take the um, just kind of lose that healthy pressure to keep improving. And yeah. So yeah, that's that's always makes on sense. my mind. Yeah, makes sense. All right, number four. What is your BHAG, your big hairy audacious goal for this company? Oh my word. It's easy because I love, there's, there's a beach in Maui, um, uh, in Kihei, Cam three. I just think it's the most beautiful place in the world. And, uh, I took my family on vacation there a couple of years ago and I'm just thinking to myself like, Oh, how could I spend more time here at this beach? Right. And, um, and then as I'm like kind of cruising around Maui, I'm realizing like, wait, everything, people are moving. Obviously they move here and they move away from here and everything comes in a container. Everything why couldn't we have a location <laughs> here and have like a good work reason to be here? And so yeah. I, I joke around with my team about like, hey, we'll know we've made it when we've, when we've got a location serving, um, serving Maui and Hawaiian islands, but it definitely is where we're, where we're headed is to, um, I, I think, uh, as a company, we'd, we'd love to be able to serve Western United States and, um, and the Hawaiian islands, um, always with the location within four hours of our customers. So they're not paying a ridiculously high price for, delivery and we're able to serve kind of everyone every day, um, in, in that area. So love it. We're pushing towards. Love it. All right. Question number five, if you could hop into a DeLorean, go back to your past and you get to tell yourself just one thing out the driver's side window as you drive (laughs) by, when are you going back and what is the message you're going to deliver to that, uh, younger version of yourself? Oh, take, yeah, it's easy, man. Take like stop working at a certain like work when you work, play and rest when it's time to play and rest, and don't let work overtake um, your family, you know, and your and your your calendar. Um, we just in the last few years again, like I feel like I'm just <laughs> starting to act my age or, or kind of mature a little bit. Just started taking one day a week, just set aside from all the others, and just just rest and, and refresh and refocus and in our case, um, worship and, and just as a family, not, it's not about doing a to-do list. It's just resting, you know? And yeah, it has been so healthy for us. So that's, I would, why, taking a, why taking I, a yeah. Sabbath. Look I at know, you. dude, it's like, why did I, yeah. Why did I miss out on that for a good 20 years of my life? So, yeah, yeah. there's, um, I'm trying to remember the, the quote, but there's a great Sabbath book written by an old Jewish uh, priest. Um, and he talks about the meaning behind it. And yeah. he basically said like six days a week, we wring profit from the earth and one day a week, we let it remain untouched. Yeah. yeah. And we, and he said, and we, we, we like bring profit from our soul. Yeah. And I just thought it was like, yeah, like six days a week, you're asking a lot of yourself. And you're asking a lot of this earth. Like, yeah me take give yeah. you know he's like one day a week like let it lay fallow absolutely you know? uh i just will never forget that it's so healthy it's i mean yeah it's healthy in every single way i think so 
Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Killer. Ross, this has been awesome, man. It is so cool to see a dream as a child encouraged by your parents actually turn into a legit business that has been here for 20 years and is even picking up steam. So cool to hear your vulnerability, the lessons you're learning, and we can relate so much to all of that. So thank you for being here, my friend, and sharing your wisdom with us. Absolutely. Yeah. Great. Um, great to spend the time with you for sure. Thank you. Founders, thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and hop into our monthly founder email so we can ensure you stay on the edge of peak performance and massive business results.